try to gather some perspective on using our time wisely is the goal this evening. Um, this this is I don't I don't know what word we used. I, I think we intended to use the word workshop, and I'd like to mention that because uh, the the format tonight is I'm going to share some perspective and principles, and then I'm going to ask you to think about your own life in light of what I talk about, and then discuss some with one other person, or at the most two other people next to you to sort of think and process what we're talking about. I think if you if you engage and the more you give to the thinking and discussion part, I think the more helpful this evening uh, is going to be for sure. Um, let's uh, let's pray. I know folks are gathering food and things, but if, if you don't mind, let's stop and pray before I launch on. Father, I I thank you so much for your goodness to us. Thank you for the way that you uh, just are so kind and have given us life, which is really time, and you allow us to sort it out and figure it out and learn how to use it to the best. And I pray for your wisdom tonight as we talk and as we look at these principles that we're going to uh, dig into, and we just ask for your help. I pray that you turn lights on, that you speak to our own hearts as we walk through this. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. All right, my goal tonight is basically to look at some perspectives, some principles and practices that will help us make the most of our time, which is really our life. Sir Walter Scott, who I, I like the quote, and I had to look up who he was. He's from he's a Scottish man from the 17th century, and he uh, was a historian, poet, novelist. He said, "Dost thou love life? Then do not squander time, for that's the stuff that life is made of." Very, very true. So we're going to look at some things that I hope really helps free you up to make the most of each day. And we're going to have a pair of time. I, I have been through a large number of time management seminars. And I have walked out of those with a plan. I've spent hours on the plan. And I've, I've walked into the next week with my plan in hand. And usually by Tuesday, Wednesday, it's shot to pieces. It doesn't mean that the plan was bad. It means that my paradigm for how the plan was going to work out possibly was off. So we're going to look at a paradigm tonight that I think will be really helpful. It's been very helpful to me as I, as I try to take life and deal with it and, and make the most of it. Before we really get rolling, I'd like to take a moment uh, to make sure that everyone at the tables know each other. And so if you would... Uh, please take a few moments to introduce yourselves. If if I could have a volunteer at each table to to take the lead to get the ball rolling on the discussions. This this is it. I, I think you know the answers to these questions. If you could share your name, the city you grew up in, and where it's located. 
That, that's it. If each of you could do that, if we could do that fairly quickly, three or four minutes, that would be helpful. Thank you. All right. Hopefully everyone's had an opportunity to introduce themselves. Um, I, I want to have one more moment as we as we get rolling to for you to stop and pause. And the question I'd like to ask you is, um, what is the major source of pressure in my schedule right now? If you could just share that with one other person, that'd be great. You just share with each other one one or two at the most. So it may not work out so everybody could have just one other person, but either uh, your husband or wife, if they're here, friend that's near you or someone you just met. So what's the major source of pressure in your schedule right now? All right, let's get let's get rolling. Um, the pressure for me generally fits into a few categories, few few different ways. I feel the pressure. It comes from having maybe a long list of things to get done. I'm not quite sure how I'm going to do it. The pressure builds as I go through them, and first through first couple pieces of my plan don't work out. And the sources are overload when I feel so overwhelmed that I'm not quite sure I'm going to be able to get it done. The fear kicks in or the anxiety that I'm not going to get it done or I'm not going to get it done right. And I, I start to, to really feel like, oh, one more thing is just going to bury me. And it's at that point that our perspective really kicks in and matters. Our, our perspective that we choose our ability to just endure whatever it is we need to endure to hang on to our responsibilities really, really matters at that point. The fact is, every one of us has the same amount of time. Everyone. Everybody has the same amount of time. 1,440 minutes a day, 168 hours a week. The clocks we buy run at the same rate. None of them run slower or faster than the others. We're all in this together. And what makes life challenging is time is a limited commodity. It, it's, it's, it, we don't have a, an infinite amount, at least while we're here on earth. We have the hope of eternity, but while we're here, it's, it's limited. This was Jesus' perspective. We must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. Night is coming when no one can work. So there is a time when our work here is going to be done. So we need to make the most of it right here and now. And here's a verse that gives God's goal for our time use that is the backdrop principle for the message series we're doing at church right now. Uh, Ephesians 5, 15 through 17. Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Translation I, I know well says, uh, making the most of the opportunity, which is the way that God tells time. We tell time in minutes and hours and days. God tells time from one opportunity to the next, so it's very different than the way we look at, we look at time. <clears throat> Here are uh, some core principles. Uh, for wise use of time, two, two biggies, know what's important, and make sure you do it. <laughs> if, if you can pull that off, then you're going to have a meaningful, purpose-filled life. But you really have to know what's important and make sure you do it. 
And that's why the passage says, look carefully then how you walk. We have to be careful to do that. We can't live haphazardly. We have to think about this. We have to keep stepping back and reflecting on what it is that's going on in our lives, what's the most important right now, and we need to give thought to that. Now, I'm going to walk through a list of major things that God has entrusted to us. He's trusted us with these things, and we want to handle each of these things that he's entrusted with, which is Bible calls stewardships. Um, we want to handle them in a way that they each of them flourish and thrive. And so I'm going to walk through those. I'd like for you to personalize your list. I have a list there in your listening guide and the handout tonight. And I'd like you to personalize it for yourself by writing the names in the blanks that apply to you as we go through. And as I walk through the list, I'd like for you to pay attention particularly to any slight cringes that you have because you feel like one of those areas is being neglected right now. So let's walk through it. First of all, my life. We're entrusted with one life, and I need to think often about how I'm living that life. I need to, I need to step back and gauge. I need to have a way to gauge how I'm living my life, whether I'm using my time the, the wisest way possible. So I need to step back. I need to think about that. B, my marriage. If you're married, please write write your spouse's name in the space. I wrote Cindy. My wife is Cindy. And so I wrote her name down. uh, Because if you're married, then you need to give time to grow the marriage. It it, it takes time to do that. You need to give attention and and focus. Third, my children. Uh, We're either raising young children or relating to grown children. Jot the names of your kids down. Uh, in there, Thad, Lindsay for me, and Gina, our, our daughter-in-law, that we, we try to be a blessing to, to our kids, even though they're grown. Uh, next, my parents. Uh, always honoring, and then as they age, you end up caring for your parents. Um, when you're young, you need to obey, but after you're grown, you focus on honoring your parents and caring for them as they need it. And this, this is, this is actually important for our own well-being because it's, there's a promise in Scripture tied to honoring and caring for your parents that it might go well with you. Next thing that we're entrusted with is our job. I have a job. You have a job. Uh, oh, under name, I wrote Neva. I'm sharing my personalization with you. but I wrote Neva, Cindy's mom. My parents are gone and her dad's gone. And so we're from a distance trying to take care of Neva. Uh, my job, another thing we're entrusted with. You may spend a lot of time here. It provides for you and your family, or you, you may work in the home. And it's just as important as any other job. But if you could jot down your workplace, my workplace, Church in the Valley. Um, my money. We are given a level of income, and we have a level of income, and also a level of wealth to manage. This is a trust that I'm to be faithful with and aim to grow it wisely. That's the perspective of Scripture. Next, my role in the church body. If you're plugged into a church body, uh, then you have a role. A Christ follower is plugged into the church body and contributes. Jot down your role. My role, senior pastor of Church in the Valley. Next, there are some friendships that you have. 
Um, I didn't ask you to write those down. We, we might be here till midnight for some of you to write down the number of your friends. Um, but we need to refresh and get refreshed from them. Uh, next, my home and possessions, whether renting or owning, you need to take care of it. It's something you're trusted with. And then if, if I omitted a stewardship in your life, you might want to write uh, that down, jot that down. I wrote down uh, director of 17.6 Network of Churches. That's something that didn't fit, but that was an added, like that's an example. It's a responsibility outside of these norms that, that I have. So there may be something you want to write down. Now, I'd like you to just take 30 seconds and answer this question for yourself. You don't need to share it. But when you look at this list of things you're trusted with, which needs the most attention right now? I have, like I said, spent a lot of time thinking about using my time and trying to figure out, sort out how to, how to do that. And in my experience, life doesn't work out in a linear fashion. So, like... God is my number one priority, then my family, then my work, then my ministry, then my recreation. It doesn't work that way. Everything comes at you at once. And we're handed all of these things that we're entrusted with, and God wants us to handle them well. He wants us to really relate to these stewardships, these things we're trusted with, and uh manage them faithfully so that they thrive, so that they do well. Um, so I, I typically can't take a week to work on any given one of these things. You know, I mean, that would be a dream, wouldn't it? Just, hey, I'm going to work on my marriage for a whole week. I don't want anything else to interrupt me. But, you know, this is important, so I'm going to work on it. Or I'm just going to sequester myself and work on learning to talk to God and learning to trust him. So it, it just doesn't happen that way. Everything tends to need attention every week. And so <clears throat> what we need to learn to do is as life is flowing by and different needs are cropping up, different things are happening, we need to learn how to, uh, how to choose what to let go, to lay aside, and what to focus on. And I have a grid in your listening guide in the handout there that's really been helpful for me. Now, as I go through the week, I need to keep gauging how I'm using my time to decide what needs more attention or, or less attention. And if I'm overcommitted, I need to carry out my commitments to, to the term I've committed for and then learn from that. But here's a grid that helps me gauge what to say no to, what to say yes to. And I'm going to walk through this grid. It's, it's been around for a long time. I'm, I'm almost sure many of you have seen it. But I want to use this to launch into a discussion that we'll have after we walk through this. But it's the time use matrix that divides life or divides activities into four quadrants. Quadrant one is urgent and important activities, crisis, like health matters. Um, I needed gallbladder surgery. I was hurting. I needed to take the time to go to the doctor. And so that's what happened in my fall. Um, uh, 
conflict that creates a drag on goals, unforeseen difficulty in projects. Pressing problems. One night I was enjoying some TV. It was a Friday night, their day off. I was sitting there watching TV. Cindy and Lindsay had gone out to shop and they, they walked in and there was water coming out of the slab and it was all through the front part of the house into the, well, it was the, the hallway, the bathroom and our bedroom. That's sort of a, um, something you have to take care of right away. <laughs> So we're like, oh, no, you know, so much for relaxation. So you kick in. Pressing problems, a water pipe leak, something like that. Deadline-driven projects. People in your stewardships, your family, your job, um, your ministry, they're counting on you. So there, there are deadlines that you have to meet. And we, we come up to a deadline, and we need to make it happen. And so that's that's urgent and important. Another quadrant is not urgent and important as well. And these are things like evaluating life, gauging time use, developing goals and vision. It always helps me in my marriage to think about what I want it to look like or in my ministry. What if I'm going to lead this group or if I'm going to lead this church, what, what would I like it to look like? What would I, how would I want that to bless the people who become a part of it? Or how would I want them to be affected? Same, same with family or work or whatever. So thinking about where you want to go, what your goals are. Relationship building is in this category. Uh, marriage, kids, friendships, ministry team. Uh, it's fascinating, when the crowd started gathering around Jesus, he took his disciples aside and started focusing on them because he knew he was going to really help the crowds by helping them figure out how, how to lead and serve and minister to the crowds. So relationship building, very important. It's not urgent, but it's very important. Opportunities. Uh, Maybe an opportunity to serve comes up and you've been wanting to connect with this person. So you go along with them. You have an opportunity to serve. Other kinds of opportunities crop up at work or in business or whatever it is in, in ministry all the time. Um, and then preparation. This is these are important things, but not urgent. Um, you can put them off work, uh, preparation for work, school, presentations there. Um, kid zone preparation, group leadership, uh, work projects, getting prepared for those, training for those things, training in church life, whatever it is. And then uh, crisis prevention, thinking ahead, where are we headed, what could go wrong, and being prudent and getting ready for that. So that's quadrant one and quadrant two. Quadrant three is urgent things that are, that are not important. Some interruptions. We, we have to decide. They could be Q1, quadrant one, or they're quadrant three. Some calls, like I got a sales call the other night, and the guy started out, um, I'm only going to take a few minutes of your time. And I just blurted out, no, you're not. <laughs> and I said, why are you calling? I, I, I don't know why I even got into that much of a conversation. But, and I said, no, thanks. <laughs> Took about 10 seconds. So, no, you're not. Some calls, they're, you know, not that important. We don't need to get into a conversation with these, these folks. Mail and reports. 
I, I had to turn off the notifications on my phone because, you know, email. I want to check my email whenever I have it in the time set aside to do that. But if I have it on there, I'm just I'm distracted. I have to decide what I'm going to put my focus on. Um, some meetings or gatherings are urgent but not important. Many proximate pressing matters. If you keep in mind what's most important, you can you can fend these things off. So it's very important to focus on that. And then many popular activities. Quadrant four, not urgent and not important. Procrastination activities, busy work, some mail, inbox ads. Boy, I can go on a trail with those. Oh, that's a deal. I got to see. Anyway, some of that. Um, some phone calls, escape reading. Overuse of Facebook, uh, game apps, whatever it is. I know this may hurt. Uh, time wasters of any kind. To be productive and fruitful in life, you need to live in the top two quadrants, one and two. And so that means you have to keep saying no to many of the things in three and four. So I'd like to take the time to... Do an exercise here. We're going to take about 10 minutes, uh, depending on how much we need. But we're going to take, take some time to, to think through these questions. Take a moment to look over the time use matrix and also the, the list of stewardships that may help you. If you look at those things that we're trusted with and the time use ma- matrix and list the top five most important Quadrant two activities in your life right now. I'd like to take a minute or two for you just to list those yourselves, and then we're going to have a discussion with one or two other folks. So if you could just think through the top five most important quadrant two activities in your life right now based on the things you're entrusted with. Discuss the answers to these questions with one or two people next to you. What quadrant two relationships and responsibilities are being neglected because of an invasion of quadrant three and four. And then can you think of Q3 and four activities you need to just eliminate or let go of uh, so you can give the right amount of time to the quadrant two important, not urgent things. So let's take about 10 minutes to work through that and discuss with one or two people near you. So when it when it comes to using our time and sorting through how, how do we stay in quadrant one and quadrant two, where we typically think in terms of balance, we aim for balance or we talk about juggling all the balls <laughs> and it's very, very, very difficult. Um, we try to identify our priorities. We make a list of things that we need to do. We put them in our schedule that that we stick to or we try to stick to it. In my experience, life keeps throwing me off balance. If I if I have that mentality, if that's my paradigm and I'm trying to trying to carry all the boxes, you know, I'm 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 off balance. So I'd like to share some perspective that's been very helpful for me in terms of moving beyond the balancing act. It's it's. It's, it's really been a help. Uh, we tend to think of the different relational roles and responsibilities as box that we, boxes we carry and we try to balance the load. But we don't typically experience life in boxes or compartments. 
each stewardship doesn't tend to stay in its box. So, for instance, when I'm planning to hop into my recreation box and go to a baseball game or something like that and enjoy that game, something happens and I have to go take care of my kids who got sick. That's, you know, my, my boxes get messed up. One time I was on a date with my daughter Lindsay and we were a special date. We'd been planning it for months and, uh, she was in 15, I think, or 16, maybe older. She could probably tell you she's here. But um, anyway, we're sitting at dinner. We we had reservations at Duke's Malibu. We're sitting there. My wife calls. My my mom was in the hospital. We were taking care of my parents at the time. My mom was in the hospital, and um, my wife called. My dad was visiting my mom in the hospital and had a stroke in the room, and had to go to ER. So the date is over. This is, this is how life works. And so we need, we need perspective on how are we going to respond and how are we going to go with the flow in that moment. Just when I'm paying the bills and I plan to be in the finance box, a friend calls and they need to talk. It's going to take a while in the finance box to get it done. What do I do? How, how do I? So we, we, what, that there, there could be many, many of those instances and I know you know what I'm talking of. Um, how do we learn to get beyond this overwhelming load that we carry and get beyond balance? At work, now, depending on the kind of work that you have, um, you may have a routine that's developed. I've developed a standard week. So, you know, when you go to a time management seminar, then what they talk about is develop, you know, your week is the most important piece of time to think through and plan. And so I've come up with a standard week. I'm yet to live a standard week in 28 years of being a pastor, but I have, I have things that I try to do every week that I'm shooting for. And then when they get blown apart, I know I've got to put them somewhere else. So that's the value of that. But work may be routine. You may be able to Come up with some boxes at work, depending on what kind of work you do, unless it's people work or whatever it is. But for sure, family life, church life, friendships, they don't cooperate with the routine. They don't stay in the box. If you stay focused on the routine, what happens is you miss opportunities that come along because you're so focused on the, the routine. And that's how God t- tells time. Remember, he tells time by opportunity, one opportunity to the next. So if it's my routine I'm focused on, then I miss opportunities with the kids, with friends and ministry, with my husband or wife. So our typical, typical approach to a balanced life is to do this, focus on a long list of activities to be done. Usually I'm worn out by the time I'm finished with the list. Second, create categories or mental boxes into which the activities can be sorted. Third, decide how much time should be allotted for each box. Create a schedule designating blocks of time for each box. As a precaution, set firm boundaries so that interruptions do not disrupt the balance of the boxes. Stick to the schedule no matter what. That's that's typically how we try to manage time. 
If we rigidly stay in the box or the compartment we've scheduled, we can miss living for what's most important. We miss opportunities because we don't pivot. We don't, we don't change our plan. We stay with our plan. It's a dream to think I'm going to work in this box in the morning or all day long or uh, stay here for a certain amount of time uh, outside of work again and think that I'm going to deal with the others at another time. My experience is that life doesn't flow in compartments. So we don't want to sacrifice what's best right now for, for what is, is pretty good because we'd already planned it. So when things flow. So if you would, take, take about 15, 30, 30 seconds to circle two of those typical approaches to the balanced life. Just circle the number next to the two that characterize your thinking and approach the most. Here's how we tend to handle time when we aim for balance. Our focus is on my activities, my schedule, my plan. The method is to block the schedule, to block it out. There's, an ant, there's a cheat sheet on the last page in case you're one of those people like myself who like the answers in the, in the blanks. There is a cheat sheet. Um, but anyway, the method is to block the schedule. Manage You manage the schedule by setting boundaries, and it requires that you stick to the, the schedule. Like I said, life, in my experience, works more like blending. We take the most important ingredients and we blend them into a day. And each day turns then into a life, turns into a week, months and a life. Um, like I said, the, the week is the most important thing they say to look at. And so that's what I try to focus on as the weeks roll by. I try to figure out what am I going to do with my time this week? On Monday mornings, I might get up and figure out, okay, these are the priorities this week. This is what I got to get done. This is what's coming up. And so when am I going to accomplish this? Our typical approach is to put it in the schedule, block the time, and protect it to the death. That's what we're typically encouraged to do. Um, the, the thing I would encourage, we have to decide when we're going to do the priorities, when we're going to accomplish the things that we need to do out of that list of stewardships. But I would encourage you to put a fence up around that time rather than a block wall. Like one of those fences, you know, you see in construction sites where they can move them real quick with the stand, the standalone fences. They're just right there. You, you can move them around. Um, because, like I said, things change rapidly. Things are coming, coming at us. Here's what I would encourage. As we live days, at the end of each day, or at the beginning of the day, I can think through the day prior, how did that day taste with the ingredients I chose to mix into it? Because really what we're doing is we're, we're blending all the ingredients of life together, and it's sort of like a cake. If we have too much of one ingredient, it doesn't taste that great. Um, even too much sugar, it's not, yeah, not going to be that great. So when our aim is to blend, here's what that looks like. We focus on goals and end results. So we look at our time, say a block of time, our week. What, what is it that I really need to accomplish this week? What are my goals, the end results? 
What does it look like if I accomplish that? How, how would it work out? The method is to live by God's priorities and objectives for my day with his help. So I'm focused on his priorities, his objectives, the most important things as I walk through the day. And that means I have to stay engaged. I have to keep thinking about what's most important, what the priorities are. I have to stay engaged uh, with what's going on in my day. I can't detach. One of the things for me, one of the things with blocking out times in your schedule is, okay, I've got my plan. I can just check out and work the plan. But it's, it's important to stay engaged in what's going on. And then you manage with blending by monitoring indicators. You're paying attention in the different stewardships. Financially, you might get an indicator. You oh, bounce a check or whatever it is in, in a relationship. You notice that look on your child's face that tells you something's wrong. And not, not just you've told them no and they didn't want you to tell, tell, you know, tell them no, but there's something really bothering them and you need, you need to talk this out. So you're, you're paying attention to indicators. And then it requires in blending creativity and asking God to help you see situations from his perspective. And also, how do I pull this off, God? I, I had this time set aside for here and I just have to deal with this now. Would you give me the strength and energy and help for blending this together and figuring out how to do that? When I get overwhelmed with everything on my plate, I have an opportunity to trust God. I, I must decide what's, impo- what's most important right now and ask him to give me the strength to do it to the best of my uh, ability. My Actually, what happens when I'm feeling overwhelmed and I'm carrying all the boxes and I'm, I got this overwhelmed feeling, I can't enjoy right now because I'm feeling so overwhelmed. And it's a gift from God to enjoy right now. That's what Ecclesiastes says. It's a, in, in, just for a man to really enjoy life, for a person to really enjoy life is a gift from God. So we have to keep going to him. As we're handling the changes, as we're handling the shuffle and the flow of life, as it keeps shifting on us, we, we got to keep going to him. Most of my frustration or worry comes from thinking I'm not going to be able to do what I want to do. <laughs> so some of my goal in blocking my schedule is I got to have the me time that I want. You know, I, I got to have that. And if it looks like it's going to get blown apart, I'm pretty upset. Or I'm not going to be able to do what I need to do. I really need to do this. People are counting on me. I really have, I got to do this. So we need to recharge. But often I look at I look at my schedule and I think, when is that going to happen? So I have to go to God. God, this is going to be a long one. Would you refresh me? Would you allow me to enjoy what it is I'm giving my time to here? what it is I'm doing with my time. Would you bring the refreshment that I need as I do it? And God, a, a break would be nice. So if I could get there, that would be fantastic. So here are the key blending practices. First of all, take the opportunities God provides during the day. In other words, you've got a plan for your work day. Coworker needs some help. You happen to have strength in that area. You're gifted that way. You can help them figure it out and they can learn something and you, you can be useful there or you can just stay on your, your job or a teachable moment comes up with a, 
with your kids, taking that opportunity, um, serving friends. God, God, again, tells time one opportunity to the next. Second, try to mix the opportunities together. With the essential ingredients God has shown us, leaning on him to guide, so that the different elements, family, work, ministry, don't compete against each other. This is the most difficult thing. See, we, we're given all these trusts, and God wants, wants us to do well with all of them. And so we want to uh, mix the opportunities together in a way that honors God, blesses those around us, remains faithful to all our stewardships. Um, if you've got to repair something on the house, can you take a friend with you? Maybe you were going to go to breakfast, but the garbage disposal broke. Can you take a friend with you to go to Home Depot or wherever you're going? Can you mix some things together? Maybe you got to do something, you needed time with the kids, but something came up and you got to do it. Can, can you take them with you? It's going to take a lot longer <laughs> to take the kids with you. But if you can hang on to your attitude while you're taking them with you, you could really have some extra time with them. Whatever it is, there could be friends come along, kids come along, extra training or relationship building time. The third piece of blending is to focus on the goals God says is most important. If something is missing, like I'm living a week or I'm living day and I realize, oh, there's a warning sign with this stewardship. When, how do I, how can I mix that in? How, if something's missing, how can I add it to sometime this week or this day? How can I adjust? To make it happen. And that takes, that's where the creativity, the, the extra engagement st- uh, stays, comes into play. Uh, when I reflect on the week, I, re- I might realize I'm overemphasizing something, so I adjust. Look for ways to combine ingredients if possible. Uh, five, remain alert to signs, warning signs or other indicators to add some more ingredient and then depend on God for creativity and insight to combine the ingredients of the day. To live carefully means that we're going to have to think about what's the best thing to do right now as we live a day. So I'd like, I'd like you to take a moment to discuss again in twos and threes, what is the missing ingredient right now in this day? Or in this week, as we've talked and as we've looked at the stewardships, the things we're trusted with, what is the missing ingredient right now in this day or in this in this week? What you just thought through, what's the missing ingredient in my day or my week right now? That's what you need to keep asking. We need to stay engaged. What, uh, based on what's gone on this week, what's gone on this day, what is it that I need to mix in? And hang on when you get, you know, overwhelmed and it feels like your plan is shot, <laughs> um, which happens quite often. Um, so anyway, a key to blending is staying engaged, continually asking that question, over, thinking over what's most important versus staying in the box that I've scheduled right now, and then. Periodically, we need to step back and maybe once a quarter, once every six months, once a year, however often, 
We need to step back and remind ourselves of the most important ingredients. So we need to answer this question. What are the most important ingredients in our life? What are the most important trusts that we've been giving? And then develop a plan for mixing them in. I do that every week. I try to look at this, this is what I've got to get done. This is my plan. And then I'm going to adjust that plan as, as we go along. For me, the thing that's great about knowing Christ is as, as I have my plan, as it gets shot to, shot to pieces, he, God's not surprised by anything that goes on in my life. And so I can turn to him. He's a guide. I have my plan. He has his plan. Proverbs 16 actually says, The mind of a man plans his way, but God directs his steps. And so I have my plan, but if, if I walk with Christ, if I lean on him, he can help me figure out how to adjust, how to flex. He can give me the strength to get past my fear and anxiety, my overwhelmed feeling that it's not going to happen the way I wanted it to happen. I can trust him to give me the help <clears throat> that I, I really need here and now. So that's that's been my source of help, walking through the day, leaning on him to be my guide. So that's a wrap for what we have. I'd like for you to take some time uh, as as we close out here to write down one thing I plan to apply from this seminar. One thing you want to take away, at least one thing. And I'd like to invite you, before you do that, I'd like to invite you to attend the series that we're in right now on Sunday mornings right here at uh, 10 o'clock. It's called What's Best Today? And we're looking at what Scripture says about living the best days. Because living good days stack up into a good, good life, the best life. So we're looking at that from all different kinds of angles according to the Scripture. I'd love to have you join us here and then groups are starting up. And groups are an opportunity. Uh, we have a men's group and a women's group and a community group that are starting up. You'll find out more about those on Sunday. But they're a great opportunity to be reminded of the most important ingredients of life and, and how we need to stay focused on those things. So that's, that's where I'm heading. Um, please take about... Three, three or four minutes to jot down the things you want to take away from this seminar. And then we're, we're going to, we, we, uh, have some extra time. We have a little time to stay and chat if you'd like. There's no need to rush out. I know the folks watching the children would appreciate it if you'd pick them up at 845, at least by 845. You may be thinking, oh, that's, Plenty of time. (laughs) But anyway, I know that that's our goal by 845. That'd be great. Thanks for coming. Really glad, really glad you're here. Let's pray before before we sit and jot down. Father, we thank you for again for this time. And I pray that, God, you would really give wisdom as we seek to live carefully. And we seek to understand what you want and Do what you want and live a life that honors you. Help us with this, I pray, in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.